Welcome to Chaos Divided, your weekly dose of Wholesome Hammer, where we explore the hobby, the game, and the lore of Warhammer 40k. We're your hosts, Nurgle Snurgle and Blushing Noise Marine. If you're enjoying the podcast, don't forget to give us a follow. If you're a fan of what we do and want to support us, you can find the link to our Patreon in the episode description. We're truly humbled by you all. This week, the doctor is in as we chat with the ever-excited, the one and only... Dr. Rhino. Hello. <laughs> and he intro. has a prescription today. Well, no, it's a quote, as always. And I it's mean, a, it is a prescription for what ails you, I think. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. That's, I was kind of going there. Thank you for your help. That's why I need you. <laughs> <laughs> so would you like to say the quote? Sure. Uh, so the quote, some of uh, some of the uh, listeners might uh, recognize uh, from Ted Lasso. It was made very popular by uh, Ted in a particular scene in a in a bar playing darts. But it's a Walt Whitman quote that goes, "Be curious, not judgmental." I, and I, I find that quote to be uh, very inspiring, and it helps uh, lead me to try to ask more questions. Mm-hmm. Never a wrong answer. Never a wrong question. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, it was my pleasure. Like, wh- like when you guys, like, you know, you're talking about the podcast and I'm like, where and how can I weasel in a comment or two to be like, oh, yeah, you know, like, I love doing podcasts. <laughs> no weaseling I, necessary. Yeah, I was, I was, I couldn't. Uh, what? Have you done them before? I want I did. I got to uh, have a chat with uh, Quipster Nerd and mm-hmm. um, Sandman when they were doing uh, their podcast, and uh, that was a lot of fun. That was very early in my streaming career. I still don't know how I got invited to to hang out with them, but uh, um, I had a short-lived podcast of my own that was more just like live stream interviews. Okay, but. Uh, but yeah, it's, I haven't done anything like this in a long time. I'm really excited. Well, before Spotlight. we get too far into it, yeah, do you mind introducing yourself to the audience? Oh, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, hello, everyone. Um, I My name's Matt, but I go by Dr. Rhino on uh, most uh, platforms, but I'm known as a Twitch streamer, and I focus a lot on uh, charitable causes um, but I am a huge fan of Warhammer. I started three years ago um, back in 2020. Uh, painted by very first model and uh, haven't stopped since. Painted now like 2,500, 2,600 miniatures. And uh, I've been lucky enough to meet um, the amazing folks uh, all over the world uh, at events like War- uh, at uh, Adepticon or being able to go visit PlayOn and see, uh, well, our two lovely hosts here um, <laughs> and meet them in person as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just a very lucky Warhammer nerd. We're all lucky. <laughs> Where do you find joy in Warhammer? <sighs> I think that for me, the the joy in Warhammer comes primarily from the painting, being able to create my own narrative with either my my models or the way I choose like I, I'm a huge fan of how I customize my models be it how I build them how I paint them I I will do everything I can to not paint a quote-unquote canon paint scheme and <laughs> um, being able to just tell my own story in the world of 40k and 
be be able to say this is mine this is my little stake in this unbelievably big um universe of the grim dark uh future where do you start like do you think of the lore or do you think of uh a oh. answer that we've received is like they start with the base oh lore's always first I always have the idea for the army first, and it it usually pops into my head fully formed. Um, My sister's army um, kind of was what got me on Playon's radar to begin Mm -hmm. with, and that army came from, I was hanging out again in that friend Chris, uh, I was hanging out in his Twitch channel, because he's a fellow streamer, and he was like, oh, I'm bored, I've just finished this project, what am I going to do next? And he has a, a lovely mod who i've gotten to meet at adepticon and she's fantastic her name's riot sister i was like oh you know like what if you did like a sister's army but you made them like ravers and like punk rocky kind of things and called them riot sisters oh you don't like your mod (laughs) and he goes why don't you do that which years later he tells me he's like i was telling you that because i i had zero interest in that idea and i was just trying to get get you to move on and stop talking about it (laughs) (laughs) and so i was like oh he's He's telling me to do it. Okay. And then the rest is history. So, and like, I have a custodies army that I created a whole thing of lore for my custom space Marines, my chaos space Marines, which have yet to come out of the box. So Mm. to speak, they're all fully painted. I've just never taken them out of the house. You're missing out. Yeah, I, I, I am. I'm, I'm this close to finishing the list. I have another like 18 accursed cultists to do. And then the list is done. (laughs) <laughs> amazing I'm looking forward to seeing it yeah they are they are great uh, credit where credit's due those models GW really pulled out all the stops on those mm-hmm. uh, what does your kind of little corner of the Warhammer world look like oh, I mean being a, if you actually Snuggle you you know the twi- the Twitch Warhammer community is one of the most wholesome and inclusive places I've ever had the pleasure of being part of. It is mm-hmm. so unique in that way. I think because that's why I love it. It's in the small bubble as well, and like people can raid each other just easily, and they they yeah they get to know their neighbor uh, better, mm-hmm. and they look after each other. Yeah, it's it is a very close knit group, and often they're. Close-knit groups can often be very insular, and it's either you're in the in-group or you're not. But, mm-hmm. like, every time a new streamer comes up, we're all like, hey, come on in. We actively try to find the the lesser-known or lesser-viewed or newer mm-hmm. um, creators, and we try to bring them in. Because that's how I got to come up. That's that's where, where I started. Yeah. A, a lot of people, um, we've been seeing YouTubers and Instagram creators coming mm-hmm. to Twitch because they see how great it is. And... I didn't have that. I started on Twitch. I didn't. I didn't even have an Instagram. I had. I had no Instagram, no YouTube presence or anything. And I grew from zero to. I'm very grateful to where I am now what, because what, of how. What took you to Twitch to do that? Well, I mean, COVID. I I had known about Warhammer. Okay. For since I was about 13 or 14, but very tangentially. I'd gone on, we were about to leave on a trip. My parents had a thing where we would go to the bookstore, buy a book, and that was our entertainment for mm-hmm. the trip. But I was always reading my books too fast. So I had to get a big book. And I was walking <laughs> through the science fiction section. And I see this book that's like this wide. 
which is like uh, for people who are listening, what four to five yeah. inches? Yeah, about like, yeah, about like four <laughs> to five inches wide. And I like pull it off the shelf, I'm like ooh. And I look <laughs> on the front, and it's this guy, and he's like leaning forward, and it's all like dark, and he's wearing this like blue armor. He has this really angry face, and on the black <laughs> back, there's another guy with blue armor who's missing an arm. And I'm like, whoa! And it says <laughs> the Ultramarines Omnibus, a Warhammer anthology. And I'm like okay and that's that's, i had no idea what it was Mm -hmm. i had no idea the context they're talking about space marines and the grim darkness of the far-flung future i'm like i have no idea what's going on let's go um infamously in that series of books there's a for those warhammer folks out there you might know where this is going my introduction to the warhammer universe involved uriel ventress and his encounter with the demon kulaba so, like, I started right at the bottom mm-hmm, <laughs> of, mm-hmm. of Warhammer narratives, and it was only uphill from there. But I had known about Warhammer. I'd watched a lot of lore videos on YouTube, but I always thought the game was too intimidating. Mm-hmm. And then COVID hit. Mm-hmm. And my job at the time was very stressful, and I was trying to find something that would um, give me a creative outlet, you know, some some way to de-stress. And I thought, well we're all stuck in our homes. Mm-hmm. What better time than now to pick up a new hobby, like learning how to play Warhammer. And I guess I got to paint these models too. Initially I had no interest in painting either. And I started painting and it was very therapeutic to be that creative to like in a world where so many of our jobs are not, you don't see the impact of what you do mm-hmm. every day. Um, like I had a desk job where it was to save a company money on the parts they were making. Like, Oh, we saved, $10,000 on this part alone. Okay, that that's a number on a spreadsheet. That doesn't mean anything to me. Mm. I'm not seeing the effect of that. But if I paint a model, I can look at that and be like, I finished this. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Look at me go. Progress. Go me. And it snowballed from there. But my starting on streaming was... I found the Twitch community because I needed someone to explain to me. Like, I didn't know... What primer should I buy? Am I buying the right kinds of brushes? Like, do I, what what paint do I buy? I had all the most basic questions and I couldn't find the answers that worked for me in a YouTube video or in a forum. So I tried Twitch and lo and behold, there were people there and found the lovely community and joined it, became part of it, and then was encouraged by that community to stream. Mm-hmm. And then it all went from there oh so you started like just in the chat like mm-hmm. i had never streamed before instant ever. answer to your questions or mm-hmm. that's exactly what i needed yeah. i needed someone to tell me calm down go to the go to go to lowe's buy a can of spray paint that's it yeah with the <laughs> eye contact and like to you yeah rhino you are gonna do this <laughs> that's that's what that's what i need okay and uh and do you remember your first first streamer that you watched Ramius. And I, I still I try to catch his streams when I can, especially with this new job. It's a lot harder, but he was the one who like lovingly bullied me into streaming. <laughs> I, I can tell you, it. like <laughs> all the first streamers I started watching, um, Mocha Minis doesn't stream anymore, I don't think, which is really unfortunate, but she was lovely and very helpful. Ramius. Um, uh, uh, Oh God, I'm blanking on his name. Um, he became a very good buddy of mine very quickly. Um, the sauce, he doesn't stream anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, he still streams and I love him to death. And he's one of my dearest friends, Matt Yee. Yeah. And um, and uh, same with Thunderhead Studio, Chris. 
um, him and I are, are very dear friends and work like to be cryptic. We're working on a little special project <gasps> that you guys might be learning more about in the coming year or so. So that is the most I, I can say. Everyone's ears just perked up like, oh, yeah. oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> little, little something, something. But um, th- this community welcomed me. It, mm-hmm. it, it, as corny as it sounds, it did feel like I was coming home. Yep. That's I, awesome. like, uh, so many of us, I think, uh, especially people who get into Warhammer um, or just get into tabletop games, we're, we're nerdy people. Sometimes, even though nerd culture is kind of in vogue right now with like Marvel movies and stuff mm-hmm. like that, where it's now cool to be a nerd. We didn't grow up with that. Mm. It's a lot harder <laughs> mm-hmm. to be a nerd and to find your people. And thanks to Warhammer, thanks to Twitch, I finally found my people. I didn't know this was going to be my people. I didn't anticipate it. I didn't even know I was looking for it. But I found my people. And I and I love it. It's such a beautiful story. And I think it's very relatable uh, to most. I, f- I felt the same. I hear a lot of people share the same sentiment of this community. I often say that it, it saved my life. <laughs> Because it, it gave like purpose and it gave a vision that I could watch as well. Like you said about the progress, I love seeing it, seeing your models on the shelf. Well, being able to like, even again in life, it's really hard to even see progress in yourself. Yeah. Like a lot of people point to like gym pics. Like you don't know how much you've, progress you've made, and then you look at a picture of yourself from a year ago, two years ago. Models are the same way. When everyone tells you to keep your first model. Yes. I didn't. Oh. But I have a video of it. Okay. I have a video of it. And to be able to look at that, what was originally a Blood Angels Assault Intercessor, and look at the way I painted it, and then look at the Celestine that I'm working on now, and to see the difference in paint, like, that is a way to see that you have grown as a person. Mm-hmm. In a very, in a very basic and a very direct way, you can see that you have grown. Your skills have grown, and you have improved. Which I think, yeah, is so powerful for people to have. Now, where, like, where is that I'm model? Thinking about that now. Well, uh, the the model actually is still somewhere in my Space Marine collection because I painted the entire Indominus, the Space Marine part of the Indominus box set, as Blood Angels. And mm-hmm. then stripped them and mm. then repainted them as my custom Space Marine chapter. So mm. he's in there. I just don't know which one he is. How how much time was there between uh, stripping and your face? Oh, it was it was immediate. I finished oh, okay, the Okay, okay. So you still I, I, yeah, kind I, of I, your first. <laughs> yes. Okay. You still have. Okay. Yeah, the, the models are still there and there, it was maybe six months. Mm. I I painted the Indominus box in like five, played with it once, and then was like, nah, and I stripped it. Because mm-hmm. once I found out, I'm like, wait, I can paint these things any way I want? <laughs> the whole new world. Oh, yeah. Especially the idea of like, don't get me wrong. If you love Imperial Fist lore, you're wrong. But if you, <laughs> if you love... <laughs> <laughs> But if, 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 that, if that's your chat, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Just I'm a Chad, I'm a Chad Perturabo enjoyer. Uh, just coming. No, it's it's more that the the War of the Beast books. I I couldn't. There's very few books out there that I've never been able to finish. And one of them, I got two chapters into. I am Slaughter, 
and I was like, I'm out. <laughs> Cause like it was, it felt that book in particular felt like what everyone calls bolter porn. That was like the epitome of my experience with bolter porn. Like, uh, yes, we are the third shield wall and I am brother. I am, I am known as brother slaughter and there is brother like Borwark And like uh, it to oh. me, it felt like they were the kind of names that a group of teenage boys make their gr- gamer tags when they go to play Call of Duty. And again, that's just my opinion. Don't at- actually, you know what? At me. Fine. I don't care. But but my point is that if you really like Imperial Fist, you want to paint your models as Imperial Fist, go nuts. Absolutely. Paint them that way. But the quote unquote, this is back during ninth edition where it was more flavorful for the different sub factions to have special rules. And if I wanted to play as Blood Angels, but I had my models painted as Imperial Fist, my opponent could be like, hey, man, that's not cool. Like, I'm going to get confused. But if you paint them in a custom scheme, mm-hmm. no one can say Nurgle. But no one can say anything. <laughs> it's 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 it was my get out of jail free card. Play mm-hmm. however I wanted and also paint them the way I wanted to. And that's how I've approached painting everything ever since. So did someone think- tell... <laughs> Did no, someone tell you that you painted. had to paint by the faction? Or did you just thought someone that was- at Someone at the local game store mentioned that you could, your opponent could in tournaments. Again, I love that even then the idea of a tournament mindset was influencing the way I p- painted and played my models mm-hmm. because I was thinking of things from the perspective of, well, if I go to a tournament... Then you want to I want to, yeah, yeah. I want to make sure that my models are playable the way I want to play with them. Mm-hmm. Now that mindset kind of managed to curveball me into painting the models the way I wanted to paint them in the first place, which is good. But at the same time, again, like this this tournament mindset mm-hmm. that Games Workshop was already kind of ramping into with Ninth Edition, and with lots of folks like me becoming COVID painters. And the Warhammer hobby just exploding. I think they kind of thought that was the reason why they were being successful. I mean, no, people were stuck in their homes for two years. Yeah. They needed something to do. Yeah, they weren't playing games with each other. Yeah, did you notice that people like bought a bunch of models and then everyone came out of COVID with fully painted armies or a lot of painted armies? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it was also, it was four points in the game, which was the big change. And then I remember, like, the transition of that, like, how the tournament players were like, oh, this is BS that uh, you get 10 points for painted armies. It's like, yeah, like, why not? It's just simple battle ready. Personally, I think that if you've won enough tournaments, you have to show up to to your next tournament with an unpainted army. Mm-hmm. As like a handicap, I, th- I feel like if you want to, fl- if you truly want to flex on your opponent, like if you again, if you're Manny Chiwa, if you're John Lennon, sh- show up to a tournament with a unpainted, unbased army. You know Just- what? I would love to see that for LVO. Yeah, I want to. I want to see. You know what? Where's Bricky? Bricky, be a Chad. Go, go, go. Win a turn. Go win. Go win LVO with an unpainted army. People Give yourself would a watch- ten point handicap. I'd watch the hell out of that. <laughs> I'd love to hear the saga of the of the the Grey Knights, quote unquote. Ooh, I love play, it. Yeah, play knights, classic Grey Knights, <laughs> which I think dovetails nicely into its hot take time. I want to. I, I think this might give you a little hint. Um, I 
have a hot take that there are certain factions that shouldn't exist in tabletop 40k. Mm-hmm. And I would, given the opportunity, sweepingly remove them. <gasps> this is uh, Dr. Hammer. Rhino's Exterminatus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, we're, ex- we're, we're doing Hammer. some faction Exterminatus. <laughs> um, step one, bear in mind, I'm actually eliminating factions that I own. Oh. I would get rid of custodies. I don't think custodies mm. should be playable in 40k. I don't think they should be playable in 30k. I think I think even in their weakest as represented in lore, there's no way to properly balance an army that is fun to play against that is a, is supposed to be as tough as custodies are and as mm. good at everything as custodies are. Mm. They're okay. either way too squishy for, and everyone's like, oh, it doesn't match the lore and everyone's upset or they're way too tanky and everyone's upset because it matches the lore. But if they want mm. lore, then they won't have balance. <laughs> and yeah, that gets into a whole discussion we were playing before the record button got hit that uh, it bal- there is inherently in a, in a game like 40k there should inherently be no balance. Mm-hmm. But we do live in a world where balance is on everyone's mind. Mm-hmm. So in the name of that, first faction on the chopping block would be Custodes. Okay, Custodes, Custodes go bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> the next two Ooh. are next both. Two? The I next had, two. I thought we had three. Knights and Imperial Knights. Oh. Gone. They can be, the way that they are currently able to be added to um, Chaos and Imperial factions as like one big or three small mm-hmm. as an addition can stay. Yes, okay. But, but you cannot good. have them as a solo faction because I feel it is a little too hard to like, it, it. that is one of the biggest field bad moments where you're like, all right, I'm going to run my all guardsmen you know, squad, but like I'm not running barely any tanks in this like fluffy guardsman list, and I ruck up with 14 uh, war dogs, and half of them are uh, the melee, the carnivores. I'm just gonna turn you into mincemeat. You're not gonna touch me, and that's not fun. I mean, I, again, I understand the idea of like, man, that's flavorful because I did play a game where it was a two v two, was myself and my teammate, where we played war dogs only. Actually, we called it dog walking because it was Abaddon and <laughs> a bunch of uh, war dogs. And then our opponents were two uh, Imperial Guard players. And they had a big gun line of, of like heavy weapons teams and guardsmen squads and then a bunch of heavy artillery, including a Forge World piece with the Porphyrian missile launcher on a truck. Mm-hmm. And it was very because it was it was long edges of the table too, and we ha- and it was the the visual of war dogs sprinting out of the dusk with their red eyes bobbing in the um, in the near darkness as they just crash into a line of guardsmen and just wreck them. That's a beat. <laughs> and this is the thing you want to take out of the game that like, yes. cinematic moment. I want them. To, I want to take them out as a specific faction, but that doesn't stop you from being able to do that on your own. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's where, like, again, like our idea of a fun, fluffy time, where if you're just like, ah, we're gonna, we're gonna tell the story of like the obliteration of a guardsman unit, or maybe they're <laughs> heroic last man. We'll see what happens. Roll the dice. Do knights usually, like, in the lore, do they work on their own, or do they? They usually run in groups. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're like a knight household is like. It, so, to my understanding, knights were originally the like the physical robot, like the giant chainsaw, like their chainsword. That was for felling trees. They were oh. utilitarian machines. 
yeah, there were some, some elements of self-defense in there, but they were primarily for terraforming planets mm-hmm. and helping set up uh, cultures. But then when the, oh God, I, I can never remember all the different terms, but it's the first time like there was the warp that blocked off all of the portions of humanity that had initially spread across the stars. And then the emperor had to go find them again and like, during those times, the knights had to turn to more defense against the warp mm-hmm. and anything else coming from space. And over hundreds, thousands of years, the people who piloted those knights gained, much like in the Mechanicum, the people who kept the air circulators working kind of started being venerated. Mm-hmm. The knight households gained that like chivalric, like traditional knight vibe. Mm hmm. And uh, they do run in households where, like, kind of the vassals will run in the armagers, and then, like, the higher-ups in the household will run in the bigger knights. And there's actually a great snippet uh, about some knight uh, household folks in the latest uh, Belisarius Call v. Uh, Fabius Bile book, Gene Father, that just came out. Top tier, 10 out of 10. Big recommend that book. (laughs) It's a very good book. But uh, but yeah, I would get rid of them as a faction. And I think most controversially, I would kick Votan out as well. No! <laughs> they, just they just got, got in! Here. I know, and I'd kick them right back out. But they're a classic faction. They're from the no, 80s. They are not. What we are the seeing Demiurg, now... It, the squats. Being, be, being as new to Warhammer as I am, I did have to go do research. I had no idea. Like People talk about, oh, this army's going to get squatted. But I... <laughs> I didn't know what that meant. I had to go look up what that meant. I saw the squats. I saw them with the cool, like, like trike, easy rider motorcycles. And the, the thing that captured my imagination was the land train. Hmm. And I loved that. I thought mm. that was the coolest thing in the world. I'm like, if this is what squats are going to be, I'm all in. But we got like generic nuclear punk slash. We're totally not ripping off the Marines from Starcraft two. Mm-hmm. And I'm, also, like, much love to everybody who plays Votan, but you don't have a range. You have six units. Mm. You, ha- you have you have a punchy character, a psyker, a, a captain. You have a uh, melee, a heavy melee unit, a heavy shooting unit, a basic unit, a transport, and a heavy. T- you have eight. You have mm. eight units. You don't have a range. That's, they need, that's not they fair to you. Codex, right? <laughs> well, Admech got a codex and they got one guy on stilts. That's, I don't think GW's. That's all they got? That's all they got. That's like. What? Dark Angels got more revealed months before the release of their codex than Admech got the week of their release. Like. Necrons got more units in their yeah. new codex. Necrons got three characters. I think it, they got two refreshes and a new character, but they got they got more new stuff than Admech. Admech is like one of the least played factions. Now, oh, so it's a I least don't think Votan have the full like like I remember when Sisters were not a fully fleshed out uh, mm-hmm. faction. Like they don't generally mm-hmm. uh, release a full faction with the whole range immediately. So hopefully Votan get some more love. But yeah. They are just I'll, kind of like short space marines right now. They're not really they're not really space dwarves. 
No, they definitely aren't. And I'm I'm also going to say that a lot of my dislike of Votan comes from my dislike of their aesthetic. If they mm. stuck, this was their opportunity to kind of, I guess we're going to hot take into a hot take. 40K <laughs> is getting way too full of itself as mm. a narrative. It was it 40K from its beginning was satire. Mm-hmm. It does not feel like satire anymore. It feels like they've been uh, kind of getting high on their own supply, starting to believe that what they were saying a little too much, like Marines are getting a little too like, don't get me wrong. Could it have been done slightly more aesthetically? Yes. But the desolator Marines, the Nerf guns, like, the, yeah, the mm, one with the big Nerf guns, like yeah. everyone was like, this is the dumbest thing in the world. Like, that's the point. Yeah. Warhammer is supposed to be over the top, <laughs> ridiculous and stupid. I was gifted a Havoc, uh, a Chaos Space Marine Havoc from like the 90s, like little metal guy. And he has a heavy, uh, heavy bolter. And that heavy bolter has this giant apparatus going around his arm and up onto his shoulder that makes sense because that's like the support to hold that big heavy bolter. Like, give me stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Give me like we acknowledge like even in their universe, this is a stupid big thing for one guy to be carrying around. Make it look like it. Is it? Let you it want, be stupid. And do you do you want it more like a dark aesthetic as well, like the, the grim dark? Because like yes, Votan, they're they they've got round features. They look soft, and it just doesn't look fitting. It's nuclear punk. Yeah, that's what that's what they are. They look like they walked right out of the set of a Fallout video game. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With yeah, the yeah. big like the the way they did the the sat the the bikes, mm. Mm. Um, with like the weird little grav plates underneath. Yeah. First thing I thought was like I'm gonna rip wheels off a Tonka truck <laughs> and put those on there, and it would be a thousand times better. <laughs> but no, I'm 100 percent here for a sillier Warhammer because I think you, you're absolutely right. They they've definitely tried to make it more serious and more. Uh, thoughtful than it actually is like Mm. warhammer in the 80s 90s and even into the 2000s is just like a best of of like satirical science fiction where they just ripped off absolutely as many authors and as many stories as they could in the most like let's crank all of these up to 11 and make the like most ridiculous lore we possibly can and you're right i think as it's gotten bigger it started becoming self-referential it doesn't keep drawing on new inspiration so it doesn't have that satire to the same extent it used to like you know warhammer in its earliest is like basically classic sci-fi but without any grandiose like messages or like hopes for humanity it's like there is no hope everything is bad it is so bad it is the worst possible outcome and it's ridiculous it's and it it was commentary on the on the modern on uh, modern society in Britain. Like the whole like everyone knows that um, Gazgul Magrick Thraka is <laughs> Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> that's like that's who that was supposed to be, and um, like hell, even like like you said, they were ripping off concepts. Like they uh, Rogue Trader came into existence in tandem with 2000 AD, the Judge Dredd comic series mm. which is why the adeptus arbides look like judge dread <laughs> yeah it's it, there there used to be at least some references to like taking whatever's happening in the modern day and just blowing it like you said up to 11 
Yeah. And it feels like now it's all about like tactical grenades and trying to sell reavers that no one wants to buy. Mm -hmm. You ever think about why they're a little too rainbow six? Yeah. Mm. Uh, In my opinion, get in the comments. Yell at me. Tell me I'm wrong. Be the algorithm. <laughs> but, Podcasts uh, don't work on algorithms, but you, well, you know what? I, I did this last time we had Tanya on. I'll make the question this week. What do you want to at Dr. Rhino about? So <laughs> we'll, co- we'll collect all of the, the hot takes. Yeah. Yeah. T- t- all of you comment, I'm wrong, and tell me why. Yeah. You, and you have to say why. Not just. You do have to say why. You're not allowed to just say, you're dumb. I'm, I already know that. You're going to have to be more specific. <laughs> you All did right, say four that, factions, though. I did. That was Votan. It, it Custodes, both of the Knights factions, uh, oh, and Oh, I see, I see, I see. I'll make up a fifth right now. Let, let's see. Which, which faction, which other faction would I get rid of? <laughs> so the whole um, thing for the Tau is that they got most of their technology from the Votan. So why did the Tau look more futuristic than like the Bubble yeah. Boys in their like turbo Why are they suits? squared? And then. Yeah. In the Votan so I, I get what you're saying. The aesthetic does not match like the lore that existed and then the lore they created make it make even less sense. Would you like yep. to replace those factions with a different faction? No. Oh, okay. You know what? Yes, I would. I would make Kroot a standalone faction okay. and give them a full range. Mm-hmm. Ooh. You Kroot deserve it. I think Kroot are already way more visually and narratively interesting than Votan. Yep. Then mm. hell, even more interesting than Custodes. Mm-hmm. Like a, a faction the- that needs to eat intelligent beings to stay intelligent. Mm. That's that that in and of itself is probably the one of the single most creative things Games Workshop slash whoever wrote Crew into existence has come up with for the 40k universe. Period. Would you have them be able to soup with other factions? No, I'd love to have it just like like come up with a little lore blurb that the crew are sick and tired of the Tau and they they've <laughs> they ventured out on their own. Love it. <laughs> Uh, well, maybe changing gears a little bit. I appreciate the hot takes, and I'm, I'm yeah. curious to see how people react to them. Um, we obviously got to meet you uh, while we were visiting PlayOn, so I was just curious, kind of, what has working with PlayOn been like for you? It's been it. it my very first, like the the video that made me think I can figure out how to play Warhammer was their how to play 40k video mm-hmm. for Ninth Edition. I, it was my, the very first one I searched, like how to play 40k ninth edition, and it was Playon's video right there at the top. And I'm like, oh, 40k videos look like this. Come to find out, no, they were very much on the forefront. <laughs> and um, I, I'd never signed up for Patreons before ever, and signing up for theirs and posting in the Discord, and the fact that like Tycho said, like, I really like these. I'm gonna, di- I'm gonna DM you. I'm like. Like I almost fainted that like, oh, my God, the guy from Play on Tabletop wants to message me. <laughs> and now Tycho is one of my dearest friends like that in and of itself is awesome. But mm. um, the experience of like being invited out, being able to play with them like tack alone has treated me like a king that I do not deserve to be treated like like my my dad. This most recent trip, I know I told you guys this story, but he managed to bungle booking two separate food and or beverage tours in one day 
So our plans for the day were shot. And I told Tack this, like, hey, just give me a list of like restaurants to like to go try. Um, and we'll, you know, you know, like, we won't bother you. We're just going to go eat. And he says, no, uh, just meet me at my house and I'll drive you guys around. And he spent the whole day driving my dad and I around and we were all eating food and chatting. It turns out him and my Tack and my dad have a lot in common as far as business mindsets are concerned. But that that right there, like it felt like family mm-hmm. the moment I got there. Mm-hmm. And even the the quote unquote extended family, the Jameses, like now Mubin's part of like he married into the family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all the people who have joined the team since, like uh, Nick's brother or Ben Owen, mm-hmm. like just watching play on grow as just like a tiny little, tiny little part of that um, feels really good, but. As just a super fan who got super lucky, yeah, it's. It, I pinch myself every time I realize that there's a video out there, uh, two, three videos out there, plus another one on the way that, as of now, have like over half a million views. And I'm like, <laughs> so many eyes. <laughs> and I, I'm willing to bet at least 500 of those are me showing other people, look, <laughs> I'm on YouTube. <laughs> How did you feel when that first video came out? Like, what did you do? Did you watch it? Did you? I I watched it and I, when it was live, I refreshed the page about every 15 minutes wanting to see the viewer count go up. Mm -hmm. And I, and it was going up and I'm like, oh my God. And then I was also refreshing and reading and responding to every single positive comment. Yeah. Uh, I'll never forget the very first comment on the Sisters of Battle video that I did was someone saying, I came up with this idea first, I, I, and I, I have that. photographic proof. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, what the heck? Cool? Yeah. <laughs> that sounds great. I'll, I'll see you on that play was the on first. Next- After that, it was, it was great. And, and I mean, there were a few people who very generously pointed out, like, hey, man, just so you know, like, you used your army rule oh. for the sisters in ninth edition. You used it wrong the whole game. And I'm like, but they. Uh, th- that leads into a whole nother discussion in the fact that I made egregious rules mistakes, like pro- like things that would have gotten me kicked out of a tournament bad. And people were like, hey, man, just so you know, next time, don't make the like do it like this or this yeah. is actually how it works. And I'm like, oh, thank you. That's the, the level of response I got. But Tanya plays a game, plays a perfect game, but gets lambasted in the comments with nonsensical comments about somehow playing Nurgle. But she did nothing. I made all the mistakes and I was like, oh, listen here, smoke him. Did you okay? Yeah. I'm like, I sense a bias here that I'm not cool with. Mm. I should be the one getting yelled at. I'm the one who should be turning comments off. Yeah. Well, she got a spearheaded woman playing on YouTube in a big platform. She did. She's another person who was part of our little food party. And to be able to see like all of you guys, like <laughs> truly, like I don't I know I got to play a live stream with my dad and I got to shoot a video and all that jazz. Like that's great. But to hang out with you guys truly was like, don't Whoa. tell my dad. That was the highlight of the trip. Wow. Well, that's amazing. That was so much fun. Like we we had food, we had ice cream, and then like I was like, oh, I totally expect everyone to go. Like, can we just go inside and chat? And I'm like, oh, yay! <laughs> and then we talked for like two and a half hours. 
Yeah. And I, it, you guys kept stopping me from stealing that freaking Archeon or whatever the Acheron? Acheron. <laughs> trying to steal I wasn't that allowed damn. to steal Fulgrim. You weren't allowed to steal I was trying to steal. <laughs> I was trying to steal Fulgrim too. <laughs> I wanted it. I wanted it so bad. I even told him I'd paint it and send it back, but I just wanted to paint it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? How did it feel to play with your dad on play on though? I'll be honest, initially I was a little nervous. For like, him or for yourself? For me. Like I'm like, don't embarrass me, Dad. Come on. Oh. Not. But I jokes aside, like more than anything, I just wanted I was nervous because I wanted him to have a good time. Mm-hmm. Mm. And he did. He had a great time. But the looking back on it, and he kind of like reiterated this, he's like, I was gonna have a good time regardless because I was getting to hang out with my son. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Making me feel things. <laughs> but uh, like, there was one person who commented on that video that like, I don't care if the video was only seen by one person. And it was that person. He says, I did not realize how much I would appreciate father son content until I lost my dad 10 oh. years ago. Hmm. This means so much to see. And like that, right? I'm like, they, how the guys at Play On tell stories like this is why we tell stories. This is why we make videos. Like even something as stupid as genuinely enjoying a war game experience with your father can have that kind of an impact on a person. Mm-hmm. Like, why wouldn't we be out there telling stories and engaging with each, with each other in a positive way? Because not only you're impacting that one person, you're you could also be uh, silently impacting someone else to do that with their son or daughter. True. Or with their father or mother. Like I'm very lucky in that my Tycho asked my dad during the stream, I believe he said, why did you like, how did he convince you to play Warhammer? He says, well, he really didn't. I chose to, Oh, why'd you do that? Well, I spent 30 years, you know, most of my life trying to convince my son to do the things I wanted to do. When, I only just realized, why don't I try doing the things he wants to do? Mm-hmm. And that that in and of itself, like, I hope a parent hears and thinks, like, even if it's not Warhammer, like, well, my son really likes, seems to love Fortnite. Mm-hmm. How, how amazing would it be for a kid to th- hear their dad say, like, hey, bud. Can you help me install Fortnite on this thing? I'd like to. Uh, can you like teach me how to play? Like, yeah, like they'll probably be a little mortified. Like, oh no! But at least <laughs> there's a small part of them that would be excited by the prospect of sharing something they love and are potentially good at mm-hmm. with their parent. So and spending that time because time is so valuable. Yeah, if quality that, that's time the indeed. true currency in life mm-hmm. is how we spend that time and who we're with. Absolutely. So, you approached your dad you're like hey i got this idea (laughs) for being in that for being on the stream um Mm -hmm. i was originally gonna go by myself and then nick asked me what do you want to what do you want to shoot what videos do you want to shoot like well i i I definitely want to bring my sisters again and then i said well what if we here's a dumb idea I've been teaching my dad Warhammer. What do you think about the angle of doing a video? What originally was intended to be a 40K in 40 minutes of, you know, rather than, you know, you've had several 
father brings son on the show. Mm-hmm. But what if what if you flip the script and made the whole thing son brings father on the show? Mm-hmm. And he said like, oh, that's actually a really good idea. And I asked my dad, and he's like, well, sure, all right, no, not a problem. We definitely have the airline miles. No question. Go Just let's go. Yeah, sure. Well, he's semi-retired, so mm-hmm. it it wasn't a, a matter of uh, scheduling for him. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, the, and he said like because it, it was starting to get a little dicey with scheduling right at the eleventh hour, and he, my dad said, "Matt, we already paid for the trip. We're just, even if we don't play, we don't go to play on. Let's just we're just gonna go to Vancouver. We're gonna eat like kings, and we're just gonna have a good time and hang out." And I'm yeah. just like, oh, <laughs> "Hell yeah, Dad! All right, let's go." <laughs> so it was good to know that it was also about as low stakes as you could possibly experience. It was it was great being able to play with him and uh, he enjoyed like he was chatting up all the members of the play on team like he was making friends. I had no worries about him having a good time. He also said <laughs> hot pot was the best meal he had while he was there. It was. Yeah, we got our hot pot experience as well. The same restaurant. I think so. That, uh, they always go to. Yeah. Like a buffet. Like the, yeah, there was with a like wall all the of... stuff on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is that is that is Never that place that is fantastic. Before. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, I would like if there was anything I could like pull from Vancouver and put right here, other than the play on team, would be the uh, <laughs> would be would be that hot pot location, or at least a carbon copy of it. Mm-hmm. Play on should be a traveling thing. <laughs> I know it's not. I mean, like- War Games War Games Live has a pretty good production for a traveling setup, so maybe no. maybe they need to communicate and do like the play on tabletop road show. <laughs> Get a big like RV and a pull behind of all their camera equipment. A bus. They need a bus. <laughs> yeah, think, imagine it. Like you mix you mix the the experience of like uh, Critical Role. Mm-hmm. And War Games Live, and they like would sell out small theater venues, yeah. set up all their stuff, and they'd have screens, and you could watch and react, and they would record it and post it. Holy crap! This is actually a really good idea. I've said like, imagine Warhammer, but like live Warhammer with an audience that's watching and cheering, giving foam fingers and stuff. Yeah, and that and that's the time you really do the narrative. That that would be. That'd be really good content. Moving, moving, convince Tack. I know you're listening, moving. Get back to editing, but go tell Tack. Uh, maybe Tack is listening. Tack, get back to editing, but also, <laughs> but also, we're, we got to talk about this. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, that's yeah, that's a lot of fun. What's what's your next question? What what, what do you got for me? <laughs> I just wanted to, uh, you know, we're, we're switching gears again. Do you want to mm-hmm. tell the story of where the name Dr. Rhino comes from? Yeah. Oh, sure. It is very boring. Um, like I said, I had never done anything on Twitch. And uh, I wanted a username initially that was uh, something that was related to something I liked. And at the time, I didn't know anything about Warhammer or even know if I really liked it or not. So I picked a name that was related to a video game that I played a lot at the time, which was Warframe. And there was a, a Warframe character, essentially, that you would use called Rhino. And it was a big, tough dude who did a stomp and things went in the air. It was great. 
And there was a Prime version of him that had like gold gilding. And I thought that was really cool. So I called myself Rhino Prime and then a bunch of numbers because that had obviously been taken. <laughs> and I realized that that was really hard for people to read in chat. So I was trying to find a like, how can I shorten this name to be easier to read? And then I thought, what if I took an animal? Because I wanted, I noticed names got noticed in chat if they were short, easy to read, and funny. Yep. So I changed my name. I was, or I was trying to change my name to something short and funny. And I was like, well, what if it was like an animal and a profession, like a <laughs> like a lizard dentist or something like that? And I realized Rhino was already in my name. I'm like, well, if a Rhino tried to be a doctor, that'd be pretty funny. Oh, Doctor <laughs> Rhino. Ooh. Oh man, the regular Doctor Rhino was taken. Oh, maybe there's a chance. And I just did the underscore and that was open. I'm like, good enough. Easy to read. Let's go. And that was the name. And that's that's it. You're it saying was you're just not me a trying to sh- I'm no, nor am I a rhino. <laughs> I'm shook right now. Shooketh. Shooketh. Shooketh indeed. Well, I think that's you know what you that's said a that great was great story. A, that's a great story. And then the charity side of things, I was, mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to do an animal, animal, ch- animal related charities. And, uh, I realized, especially like, don't get me wrong. Elephants need protection, but like everyone does elephants. Everyone does pandas. Like I wanted something that still needed help, but was a little less well known as an animal in need. So I was trying to think of one. I'm like, wait a minute rhinos like it's right there so mm-hmm. did some research found a great charity worked with them got to because of that because of raising money got to like interview the zoo's um director uh the cincinnati zoo's director and like meet a rhino and her calf and like pet the rhino's face and ask questions um i got to see the actual they have a separate facility that's all their conservation efforts and like they store a lot of animal genetic material in these cold rooms and i got to stand in a room full of like the genetic material of like snow leopards (laughs) and like i i don't know how family friendly this podcast is to say exactly what it was but you all know what it was (laughs) it was a very expensive room i'm like i'm surrounded by millions of dollars of genetic material <laughs> creamy creamy genetic material yes <laughs> like a, it, like but well it was frozen so more like a creamsicle oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> what was it okay anyway. what was it like being up close with this animal it was terrifying oh. no it was it was really cool but they're they're really big Okay. I know that's like, like, duh. But no, like, <laughs> being next to one is very different than being, like, looking down at one from, like, 15 feet up, looking down into, like, mm-hmm. their enclosures and mm-hmm. stuff. And their skin is, like, the most well-worn leather. Okay. And, like, craggy. But, like, I'm standing near, I'm like, I'm obviously not making sudden moves or anything <laughs> like that. The baby's near me. I'm not paying any attention to the baby. Like, there's a gate, a big, big metal gate between us. But the mom takes like half a step back and then quickly like lunges forward because apparently like she didn't like me being too close to the baby for that long. And they caught it on video. But I went horizontal like five feet without bending my knees just bang, and I was gone um, to the other side of the enclosure. Were you on and the edge of your seat like the whole time, like ready for that oh, movement? I, 
to be away from it, yes, I wasn't waiting for it because I didn't anticipate it. It was the fact that it was that instantaneous reaction. Yeah. <laughs> teleport to the other side of the room of like, ah, it's going to kill me. <laughs> but uh, that, all in all, that was an incredibly magical experience that like, again, you can't, I could never have anticipated of all things that I would get into Warhammer. <laughs> that would lead to me streaming. That would lead to me ra- raising money for charity getting raising enough to get noticed for and then offered to and then being accepted to go to the cincinnati zoo and interview their zoo's director for conservation an incredible woman and uh and then actually get to meet and or touch a one of the largest land animals in the world Mm -hmm. and like all of that because i got into warhammer so it's it's just one. Of, it was one of those moments that, like, as I'm doing this, I'm like, little plastic toys made this happen. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Warhammer brings people together. Yeah, much like exactly, much like meeting you folks over in uh, Vancouver. Much like you know, playing on play on tabletop. Like it's it's mm-hmm. like I this happened because of little plastic toys. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. It's such a great outlet to have in life to meet other people of different professions and different lifestyles. And just, yeah, we use this game as that glue to get together. It's, I don't know, it's breathtaking. It's true. You don't normally expect that you're going to cross the continent to meet someone <laughs> who actually lives closer to where you're from than where you currently are. Like, yeah, it's we like kind this, of took like, the roundabout route, didn't we? Yeah. But it's true. It, it's one of those like serendipitous, you know, uh, yeah. situations that, especially get, especially given the the trials and tribulations that y'all had to deal with getting to play on. God, that was a fun episode to listen to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like of all the things it. that, <laughs> yeah, almost not making it. Your adventure with the rap. Um, that was. <laughs> we were talking about the rap. We don't talk about. Oh, sorry. It was all knuckle. <laughs> <laughs> and then our food obsession. Mm-hmm. But I mean, in, in specific, I love food. Yes. I don't think there's. I don't think there's anything wrong with being a little obsessed with food, especially when traveling specifically. Like that's your opportunity to like. Hmm. You want to experience a culture? I don't give a crap about a walking tour where, like, and this building was built. Like, no, take me to the place mm-hmm. that, like, defined food culture for this place, like, this year. Yeah. Take me there. Like, mm. I want I want a Japa dog. I want a, <laughs> like, at least in Vancouver. Like, I want pho. I want sushi. I want, I want fish. Give me fish. Because I live landlocked in the middle of the United States. If someone offers you oysters and says they're fresh in the Midwest, they are a liar. Don't eat them. It's it's so like I I see it as an opportunity to like I right there with you. You you can't say anything bad about food obsession mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And you um, got Tech took you to get fried chicken, right? No. No. <gasps> oh. <laughs> We, oh, did, no. we did have Dutch pancakes, though. Yeah. Oh, you had the panakoken? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he took you there. I, I asked him to have a meeting with me uh, one of those days that I was visiting for breakfast. And he said, where do you want to have breakfast? I'm like, you know where. <laughs> you know where. Yeah. You took me there. I want to eat there. Well, it was like, because we were catching the flight. He's like, oh, we'll, we'll go for breakfast and, and stuff. And it, I thought it was going to be like 
like a quick stop on the side of the road kind of thing. No, you got to go into a parquet. You got to go sit down. No, you got to go. You got to go over the bridge. Oh yeah, to get there. <laughs> yeah, it's not like you're like stopping in like a little diner and it's like an in and out. It's like yeah, a, we parked, it's not a parking lot or an, and then you're. We out. had to like it's- get to the place where like. like like it took some time. Tax Tax spends is very generous with his time. Very well. See, and I kept uh, in the Midwest. We're we're known for uh, like you know the, in America we they we love to say that the Canadians' most favorite phrase is sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, I think we in the Midwest out sorry you and apologize for everything all the time. The Midwest guilt is very real. I'm sorry you think and, that. I'm sorry I made you feel that way. <laughs> but the when Tack told me and I was like when he's driving myself and my dad around on a day when he told told me he's like, oh, yeah, I'm just I'm just doing legal paperwork and some HR stuff. And I'm like, oh, well, yeah, we were just looking for a list of restaurants. And that turned into him saying, "Ah, just come by the house. Yeah. Like I was constantly telling him, like, dude, I really appreciate this. You don't have to. You didn't have to do this. He said, I would not be doing this if I did not want to. Mm-hmm. And we know that with Tack, that if he says that, he means it. So him choosing to spend that time with me and my dad, him choosing to take you two out for breakfast, he did that because he wanted to. Mm-hmm. And to know that someone is driven and at, whose time is as valuable as Tack to take that time with us truly makes me feel very special. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm and I know it did the same for you guys. So we love you, Tack. I, I literally, uh, when I got back, I was like talking to my wife, and I was like, "Spending that time with Tack made me want to be a better person." Like mm-hmm. it was like just seeing that. Generosity. Oh, then you didn't spend enough time with Tack. Holy cow! <laughs> he made uh, me realize I knew I was a better person. Wow! Wow! <laughs> you, you won the Tack off. Yeah. You, you had three chances. Or three, three chances. Or two, two. Two vi- two visits. One visit we shot three videos, mm. and this time we did a live stream in one video because the first time I visited, they were burning the candle at both ends trying to do filming. Like we filmed two day, we filmed two forty k in forty minutes two days in a row. Oh, and and then and in in the middle of that, we also shot a showcase. So it like they were running themselves ragged and now they're actually setting like boundaries of like we won't film on the weekends. I'm like, mm. how novel. Yes, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they seem to have a good system going. They do. Yes. It's it, they're the fact that they're up and running to the level they are. I I am so in, literally financially invested in their success. Mm-hmm. Um but uh yeah, they're a great group of guys, and I wish them nothing but so. the best. Yeah. Now, if we, uh, I do want to talk about your hobby because you yeah. are what I would describe as an extraordinary painter. So, would you be able okay. to define? <laughs> okay. How, how about this? How would you describe yourself? There we go. De- um, determined. Okay. A determined I, painter. A determined painter. Okay. I. I cannot stand having gray models that I intend to paint. Like I have some sisters stuff behind me, but that's only because it's conversion material. Should I decide to make more as of now, short of getting some tanks, my sister's army's done. Mm-hmm. So like conversion materials, one thing I'm not going to be buying more of it, but like if I have like 
that that same friend Chris, sorry, you folks at home can't see this, but um, he 3D modeled some quote unquote not dreadnoughts, <laughs> and um, like I'm gonna paint these up eventually because these are gonna go in the Dark Angels army for my dad. Mm-hmm. So like these, I have I have intent to paint, so they will be painted in the very near future. Whereas like that sister stuff, I don't consider to be part of a pile of gr- gr- pile of shame or whatever you call it uh, that needs to be worked on. Do you keep track of what you've painted in a written form or no, no, just all in your head? All in my head. Like, I think about it in terms of armies Mm -hmm. because there was um, Space Marines. I did a Necrons army, like 3000 points of Necrons that I traded for the custodies that I turned into my custodies. Um, So custodies, um, Eldar. Chaos Space Marines, I guess Dark Angels, are they're painted separately. They are two different forces. Uh, Sisters, Chaos Knights. Is that everything? Yeah, that's everything. Eight armies. Uh, that I've done for... Uh, like, you painted an Angron. Yeah, uh, and that's yeah, that's not even coming close to commissions. I Well, if you count commissions, I did Tycho's Tyranid Army... Mm-hmm. Um, I did Nick's Lumineth army. Um, Do you prefer painting armies rather than individual pieces? I used to, mm-hmm. but now I don't. I'd much rather put the time and effort into a smaller single model. Mm-hmm. Like I'd, I'd rather do like a character commission that yeah. takes 15 hours than do an army in 40. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have a favorite model? Oh, God, I I love slash hate that question because there's models <laughs> that I love for different reasons. You can have more um, than one favorite model. Okay, so as far as bonkers thing that I, I can't believe I actually did, the Wraith Knight with mm-hmm. all the little fine lining on it, mm. um, that one I'm really proud of. Like that was seeing a stupidly complicated concept to fruition, and I'm very proud of that. Um, my the Chaos Knight over my shoulder mm-hmm. here with all that green stuff work, uh, I'm proud of because that was something that truly came from the depths of my brain, <laughs> and I managed to make that a reality mm-hmm. um, in every way that I wanted. There's nothing about it that I'm like, oh, I wish I had done this better. Like I'm like, this. that was everything I wanted it to be. Um, but I think from a technical standpoint, the model that I did for Lethal Shadows Gaming, the it's the, on Instagram, it's that female ice elf lady. I think from a technical standpoint, that's probably one of my best models. Um, oh God! I love all the stuff I paint. You love all. I love of it them. all. All my babies. Yes. Um, the so you talked about your wraith knight and like that intricate calligraphy that you added to it. Now, when we were at play on tabletop, there were a couple models left behind. Did you get them I, back? No, uh, they may or may not be delivered to me at Adepticon. Okay, this year. So yeah, I had I'd 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 been packing them up, uh, and I I was I was in a rush because I didn't want my dad waiting in the car, and I mm-hmm. must have missed them because I think there was even a sister 
that got left behind as well. Oh, oh. <laughs> but it was nothing. It was it was not not to not to be belittling. I love all of my children, not equally, but I love all of my children. <laughs> but that one was just like a regular battle sister. It wasn't a character or anything oh. that I was particularly fond of. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, eh, okay. No big deal. And I, already, and I didn't even I didn't even bring half of the battle sisters that I have now. Wow. Not and that and I just I mean that literally for the unit, mm-hmm. not the army. Like battle sister line troops. I didn't even bring half. Mm-hmm. I've done so many models for this army. And when I stop and think, like, okay, each one of those represents like one, two third party bits, half an Escher model, and and on and on and on. X amount of chain, X amount of green stuff. Like, why mm-hmm. did I spend so much time on this army? But then I look at it all together. I'm like, that's why. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, to come back to your question. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't a question, but um, we had the chance to see that model and it's absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like how you got that design on the model. It's I've never seen anything like it. And it was just stunning. It's easier than you might think. It's I mean, yeah, from a tedium standpoint, yes. Uh, but you you just freehand all those little lines in silver. You, you just you just freehand little lines. Well, there's no like Is there's no silver? rhyme or reason to oh, it. Okay. Who's the who's the artist who does all the little black lines with like the little out like bubble outlines of people like like I can never remember his name, but it's it's in a similar vein to that. But you just do that all over the model in the name of the game just be random mm-hmm. come up with random Nurgle. and then it's use zenithal with an airbrush with fluorescent pink mm-hmm. from above and then fluorescent blue only from the sides and it instantly creates that transition and you're done I guess like yeah technically it's pretty simple but I guess it's just I, a time I'm, investment yes and you don't see that very often and when you do get to mm. see it it's very inspiring oh thank you extraordinary mm-hmm. so how would you define your style um grime dark <laughs> not grim dark grime dark <laughs> i i believe in trying to maximize my time because i want to play with my toys just as much as i enjoy painting them so it's trying to find the balance between an enjoyable painting process and still being proud of the result mm-hmm so you find the balance between how much time am I willing to invest versus how good do I want it to look? And um, things like streaking grime, oil washes, using my airbrush for OSL effects, kind of. And the sauce, I mentioned him before, mm-hmm. he was profoundly important in me defining my own style, which is some variations on what he was doing. Um, but using strong OSL, streaking grime, good basing to really cement a narrative, hmm. um, those w- those became things that were very fundamental mm-hmm. to me. And he was also um, sharing it like, and he was sharing it how you can do it easily as well. Like, yes, there wasn't like all these the, this fluff to getting it done. It's like this A B C, and then you'll get this result. Hmm. And for someone like me, that's very important being like, okay, I have to paint brighter colors Mm -hmm. than I normally would. I have to know what the undertone of the Mm -hmm. streaking grime is because that is the color that is going to filter through uh, or how it is going to filter the colors underneath. And not only only that, he also presented it very well, too. Like it was he had like the Christmas video quality and it was just aesthetically pleasing to watch. 
Um, yeah. He's a very aesthetically pleasing man too. <laughs> He's a he has a very lucky wife. <laughs> but um, but yeah, his knowledge not only of painting and uh, and technique, but also videography. Like mm-hmm. he is, he came out of nowhere with one of the most technically, if not the most technically top tier painting stream on Twitch ever. Mm-hmm. I've never seen anyone come close. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And it pisses me off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like it's because of him. I now be specifically because of him. I have this face cam. I have my uh, my Canon M50. Like I'm, I'm using a Elgato Cam Link because of him. Mm-hmm. Like I went from using a built-in the built-in microphone in a Logitech C920 camera mm. and my cell phone to record things to this. Mm-hmm. So. He's had a big impact in that respect. But yeah, it's ultimately I would call what I like to do grime dark. I like streaking grime. I like making things grungy like they are existing in a war-torn future. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. So yeah, that, that's how that's how I define it. And how has sort you've really kind of grown up with your hobby while streaming? And like streaming mm-hmm. has been such a huge component of it. So how has sort of that hobbying with an audience affected your your hobby itself? I have a hard time hobbying now without being live. So many people find streamers that I talk to find that they are way less productive if they are streaming, and I'm the opposite. Hmm. Um, I have. Uh, I was diagnosed both as a child and as an adult. Um, it actually is a little pet peeve of mine when people say like, oh my God, I'm so ADHD. <laughs> and I'm like, you're, you're, no, you're just a little distracted or you had too much caffeine. I, I was, I, I am very uh, high on that particular chart. Um, but uh, one of the problems with that is I, like, I'm like right now, like for those at home, like I'm literally like just, carving little pieces of plastic off of another piece of plastic (laughs) just because I need to be doing something with my hands while I'm talking. Hmm. And in the case of painting, the painting is the thing that I want to focus on. The talking with chat, the letting my brain go and just talking is what weirdly helps keep me focused. Mm -hmm. If I'm trying to paint and you got, if I was trying to paint and y'all weren't here and I wasn't engaging in conversation with somebody, I'd be like, okay, well, let me quickly like pull this thing up on my phone, and then I'm in my phone for 20 minutes. Mm. Or let me let me turn on a stream to have some background noise. Oh, I'm now now messaging mm-hmm. in that stream. I'm not getting any painting done. But if I have people that I can talk to, they are the ones who actually help me get stuff done. And from the perspective of as a painter starting and growing on Twitch. Finding a painting style that was quick helped, I think, helped me grow because rather than you showing up to my stream and watching me paint the same thing for two and a half months, because I'm not at a technical level where watching me do that is going to be any kind of beneficial to you. Mm -hmm. But if I'm showing you like, hey, whoa, I thought you were painting custodies Mm -hmm. last week or yesterday or whatever. I'm like, oh, no, I finished them what let me see what they look like and people are like oh holy cow that's amazing 
and then they see what I'm working on next. And then next, it's always different. And that encourages me already wanting to paint as much as I can, as often as I can, because I love it. Now it's even more entertaining to people because they're like, when they come back, they know they are going to be seeing something way further along than when they saw it last. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Where do you want to see your streaming go? Absolutely nowhere. Gen- like So in September, um, the job that I was in ended. And while I was looking for other work, I thought this was the best time to actually see if being a full-time streamer was in the cards for me, a full-time content creator. Streaming alone wasn't going to do it. And I quickly found out that, you know, you got to be posting to Instagram every mm-hmm. day. You got to be posting to TikTok. You got to be making YouTube content. You got to that's that, 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 streaming as much as you can, learning how to edit because you got to edit your own content. And trying to do all of that background stuff made me realize this is not for me. Mm-hmm. And by taking the time to do that, I finally was able to stop saying to myself, what if? What if, what if it actually, I'm, oh man, if it happened, I'd be the, I'd be full time. I'd have 150 people watching me and I'd be making so much money from Patreon and this and that and the <laughs> other. And now I know not only is it not going to happen because as much as, as supportive as my community is, there's no way that it's financially viable for right. me. In addition, even with me trying my hardest, it wasn't financially viable and I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. And that allowed me to just kick back and be like, I don't care if I start streaming to five people. Mm-hmm. I stream because I like it. Mm-hmm. And that's all that matters. I don't I don't have it hanging over my head that the numbers matter. Yeah. They're nice. Mm-hmm. There's there's always that little that little burst of serotonin that's like, oh wow, how many people tuned in to see me? Wow, 45. Holy yeah, this is awesome. This is great. This is imagining a college lecture hall full of people to watch me be a goofball. Mm-hmm. And now I know I can just do it and enjoy the experience, not be like, oh, like, what does my title have to be for this? I have to yeah. have a catchy title. It's I need a be less schedule. I need to have content come out at this time, this time, this time. And then and then you're spread so thin. And and it's the, the whole like when your hobby becomes your job, it becomes your job. Mm-hmm. If I had enough commissions coming in consistently i could happily be a commission painter for the rest of my life Mm -hmm. and i'd stream it and that'd be a great little way to make some additional money off of it but commissions don't come in fast enough for that Mm -hmm. but what and god lord forbid what happens if i end up actually starting to not like commission painting where am i left then Mm -hmm. so finding out i can just do it when i want to and i do have a schedule like two days a week it's not exactly the biggest commitment in the world Mm -hmm. so Two days a week, I sit down, I paint, and I chat with people, and I get to enjoy the experience. I have people asking if I'm going to Adepticon. Like, people now are <laughs> trying to find out if I'm going to be there. Are you going to be because there? Because they want to see me, and that means a lot. And yes, I am going to be there. <laughs> are you guys going to Adepticon? I'd love to. I, I don't know if I'm allowed yeah. in America, so... <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a day pass. As, a, as an American, I'm allowed to issue one day pass. I want to say yes. Little known fact, it's on the very bottom of the, the Bill of Rights. Can issue one day pass to Ooh, Canadian citizens. I did not oh. know that. They tried to cut off that section after the War of 1812, but there's like that little bit that's awesome. kind of hanging on. Thank you. Do we have to hold hands? To make sure we- yes. Okay. Or, or one of you has to get in like a backpack. Can we be the backpack? <laughs> 
Correct. And could be a backpack. <laughs> Cosplay as a backpack. There we go. We can do that. Um, no, I th- we'd definitely love to travel more. I think, uh, I don't know, Adepticon is... That's a whole. That's something I can't like even imagine, to be honest. It's, it's amazing. It's so good. Like, it's a wonderful group of people. Um, like I, it would happen to to y'all way more than it happened to me. But just the fact that like one or two people walked up and like, are are you Doctor Rhino? Yeah. I'm like, oh my god, I'm. The, Initially, the first year I went, people kind of didn't understand that, like, I don't know what they look like. I don't know their real names. I only know their usernames in Twitch. So they're so you like, see this, like, oh, face Doc, like, what's up? And I'm like, hi. Uh... Oh, my name's Jake. Hi, Jake. I... Who are you on Twitch? Oh, I'm such a. Oh, my God. It's so great to meet you. But, like, I, I've been telling people already, like, be sure to have your name, like, your Twitch name written on like a hi my name is tag or on something on the back of your pass or something that so i can fantastic see it fantastic and fights and know who you are <laughs> because i'm not trying to be offensive but when i ask who are you mm-hmm. I, I i don't mean that as some like who even are you yeah, <laughs> yeah go away little people but the fact that somebody like knew me from my content saw me and didn't just go huh and keep going like they're like i, I need to say hi Mm-hmm. And I love that. Mm-hmm. And I never thought I would be experiencing that in my life. So, but yeah, come to Adepticon. Come. To, that's what it boils down to. Come to Adepticon. Uh, <laughs> I am still working on my big idea. Like I say, I don't want to make YouTube content, but I, I'm telling you, I have the idea for the next like five million dollar or five million five million view Warhammer video. Oh yes, I remember this. You told us. You remember this story? Yeah. For the people at home. <laughs> I want to stick it to GW so hard. This is what we're going to do. I'm going oh, to crowd This is what fun. we're going to do. Yeah. <laughs> this is what we're going to do. Yeah, uh, gonna... why, why are we affiliated with this now? This is what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to crowdfund buying a, a 100% real, not 3D printed. No, like, don't worry. This is going to be legit. Uh, uh, Warlord Titan. We're going to buy a Warlord Titan. We're going to get that precious certificate of authenticity. Then I'm going to build it. Then I'm going to paint it. I'm going to paint it pretty. It's going to be one of the best things I've ever painted. Then we're going to go to Adepticon and I'm going to be walking around with that thing above my head and we're going to get everybody hyped up. We're going to lead a giant column of people out into the parking lot. And then we're going to beat it to death with baseball bats for money. And we're going to video the whole thing and we're going to film it like office space when they're beating up the printer. (laughs) So you can slow-mo it? (laughs) Yeah. Oh man, like slow-mo with that? That would be amazing. The like <laughs> chips coming off with the most dramatic mm. music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I and think, I, I think thanks should... to all the cinematics that they shot for Horus Heresy, like I'll put yeah. that like Horus audio, like that the galaxy burn, and it's just baseball bats beating on a warlord. Type. And a close up of your face, just like yeah. Because <laughs> you, you, I think I remember you saying you're the one, you're the first one taking the blow. I would, I would take the first swing, and then it would be ten dollars a swing. Mm-hmm. And every time you swing, for every ten dollars you pay, when we're all done, when everyone's taken all their swings, you get to go pick up one piece of the Warlord Titan per swing, mm-hmm. in the order in which you swung. Laura, so, like, someone swing? could come in and take like the head if the head just went off like spinning off and no one chased after it to break it into smaller pieces like you have the head of a warlord titan now fully painted go use it as terrain put as the basing of something do whatever you want with it but what if it doesn't 
break completely and then just someone takes like the full body. <laughs> I think we'll maybe we'll maybe uh, if that's starting to happen, maybe we'll switch it out for like an axe. <laughs> OK, <laughs> this is getting violent. This is this is very chaotic. I'm, yeah. I'm liking the corn uh, <laughs> seeping into you. Laura, would you take a swing? I don't know. Yeah, would you? I don't know. For ten bucks, ten US. What? What is that? What is that in Canadian fun money? Like fifty dollars. Like, what, what, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what if I pay for you to swing? Would you? You you can have a swing. You what about you? Out. You wouldn't swing? I don't think I would. I would feel bad. What? Oh, I'm the one who painted it. Who are you feeling bad yeah. for? I, I would feel bad for the model itself. Like, <laughs> it's like it's like so much time and energy and effort has gone. Like I get the whole like art creation destruction. Like I get it, but I don't know if I want to participate in it. And that's totally valid. But what if its creation was specifically with the intent of destruction? Yeah, I don't know. Like, if if, if you not participating, are you not denying its artistic purpose Ooh, by not participating? You've caught me, you've caught me <laughs> in my own logic here. There, I, I think I'd have to swing then. Oh, okay. Yeah, you would. <laughs> and you know what? For that, I'll make you swing twice. <laughs> <laughs> Two for the price of what? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll you know what? You you'll be the only one. Swing. And and well, look at it this way: you get to take part of that art home by by taking a swing. You'll be able to forever hold a piece yeah. of that artistic moment. Laura, you're gonna True. be eighty eight years old and be look at that piece. I remember when <laughs> I took a swing. With Harry, a- I give you, I bequeath upon you <laughs> half the shin god of a warlord titan. <laughs> That'll be the last episode of Chaos Divided is us talking about people are Titan. See, now you have to. But that all depends on us crowdfunding 3000 US dollars to be able to buy yeah. the Titan itself. Time's ticking. <laughs> yeah. I, t- I told folks that if we could somehow, crowd- if someone magically crowdfunded that money before the end of the year i would i would have enough time to be able to order it build it and paint it well uh, i guess for adepticon this year i guess just clip this episode and uh, send it off to the investor <laughs> this is the idea <laughs> well i've already been talking about it on stream and yeah. people think it's hilarious but they think it's hilarious in the same way the let's all take a trip to cabo is kind of hilarious or, like oh yeah it's great in theory but no one's ever going to do have, it have exactly you, like, approached an art dealer have you like actually gone and talked to like anyone in the art space and been like hey would you front the money for this well, especially if there's the potential to at least make some of it back by yeah. charging $10 a swing. That would be interesting. Especially, well, then you also have to account for the cost of like, because I would hire Matt Yee to pay for it to, or pay for the, the filming. <laughs> ah. Um, possibly even specialized equipment with slow-mo cameras because slow-mo shots would be really nice for mm. the video. But could you get 300 people to bash this thing in? There's a thing at Adepticon called the Grinder yeah. that uh, apparently you know about. <laughs> I've been told some things. If there's enough, there, let's say there's 50 people participating in the Grinder that are willingly destroying their own mini. Mm. How many people do you think, in addition to that, would be willing to destroy someone else's? Mm. I guess we'll see. Something they have no personal or emotional connection to. And the fact that you're like, uh, think of being able to tell, like, what'd you do at Adepticon? 
I destroyed a $3,000 model for fun. Mm -hmm. That is the kind of, that's the kind of Warhammer story I want to tell. I want people to be able to say they took one of the most expensive toys in the world and hit it with a baseball bat. And I, and we were there. <laughs> and, yeah. And, I, and here's proof. Yeah. And 300 other people can just say, I was and there. Then, and, well, even <laughs> next year, the year after, let's let's say like everyone who had a piece brings it back and we reassemble it. Oh my it. God. And then break it again. <laughs> and then break it. No, I, I think, well, I'd love to do something like that where we break it. And then you do the, there's a Japanese pottery technique. And I'm like, just organically thinking of this now. Like, what if we, there, the pottery technique is where if a pot breaks, if a bowl breaks, you don't throw it away. Mm, you mm -hmm. put it back together and you fill the the cracks mm -hmm. with gold mm -hmm. and you highlight them. Imagine shattering a warlord titan and then mm. filling it with like gold epoxy, filling all those cracks and reassembling it. I was about to say, if you actually gold use epoxy. gold, it would end up being like 300 pounds. <laughs> Yeah, it's already solid mm, resin. <laughs> but yeah, like some some like gold epoxy mm. as the as the bond so that it highlights all of those cracks. Now, I think the real question is, is it a chaos? Yeah, titan? I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> oh, no, we're going to beat up an Imperial Titan. Okay, no, okay, we're not going to beat up a chaos Titan. Yeah, I'm going to do like, I want to do like some big pretty murals. We're just going to smash it to pieces. Oh, you know, like the uh, the mural of like the emperor killing Horus on like oh, yeah, that'd be the, like arms or something. And to be if if it would it would be so perfect, almost too perfect. If you the first swing like shattered it right at the line between Horus and Whoa. the emperor, <laughs> you'd want both of those pieces. Oh yeah, this this idea sounds so good, doesn't it? It does. Shame we're never gonna make it happen if we don't have the money. <laughs> I th you know what? I think we need to connect you with some like art world people. We we need to make this that there's got to be a grant up there. It's not that much money. Yeah, like typing up for the grant. So my plan is to buy a games workshop world. Like, no, please come back. I'm not done. <laughs> you know what? There's got to be some like ridiculously wealthy art dealer collector in the city of Chicago who would get behind this? So you're almost, there's gotta be yeah, one. Yeah, because you're guaranteeing there's gotta be eyes on this. This isn't yeah. just like for your own personal thing. Just give them the first swing. Oh. The, oh, they get the first thing? I'd, I'd be willing to give that up. I'll take second swing. Mm. Or better yet, I'll take the last swing. The final that, that'll swing. Give me, that'll give me the opportunity to let everybody else go first. And if it's still not in enough pieces, then that'll let me come in with like an axe and like really shatter that sucker because mm -hmm. there are definitely going to be pieces in the middle that nobody cares about that are just solid resin mm -hmm. with no like defined everyone just wants the outer portions mm -hmm. the yeah. legs everything but else that's the like heart the of the side of the torso <laughs> the heart of the titans yugi <laughs> like if you reassemble it it'll be exodia I mean, we have the potential for the part two where it's like we encouraged people to bring the pieces back and then we attempt to like in one night mm -hmm. reassemble it like the world's most expensive jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> okay, this piece oh. would go there. Who's got a shit card? I swear to God. <laughs> Who's not giving it back? 
They're all together. It's just like a splinter right on the face. That's missing. You're like, no! No, it's, see, but that's still really cool. Yeah. It's true. It's true. So yeah, that's that that would be that's a real like we're we're organically improving the concept. <laughs> I I think that that's that would be really fun. So yeah, if we just find somebody who's willing to front the money and get some of it made back, then cool. Yeah, I don't. If you're listening, hey Tack, do you wanna do you oh, wanna fund the next? <laughs> no, they already they didn't want to do anything after the steamroller yeah. episode. What about, so they wouldn't, what like they wouldn't get behind it. Mini Wargaming. Oh. We get that on board. Dave? Would Dave get behind it? Show me the money, Dave. Let's go. <laughs> Show me the money. You want me to blow... You, or better yet, do you think Gear Guts Mech Shop would be down? Ooh. Or joint? Tanya! <laughs> <laughs> Tanya! Now, before... I, I don't want this to go on too much longer. Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't want to take up your I'm entire I'm rambling. Night, I apologize. But I know you're a bit of a lore buff. I try on specific subjects. I'm I'm fairly knowledgeable. So I, I was curious if you would share some of your favorite Warhammer stories. Oh well, fair warning, people. Everything after this is going to be big spoilers for books and, <laughs> and such. Um, one of the first that comes to mind is the again. I'm not the biggest like bolter porn space marine narrative kind of thing, but during the Badab War. Which is, um, for those of you who don't know what the Badab War is, it was Horus Heresy before they decided to flesh out what happened during the heresy. Um, it was the excuse for there to be Space Marine on Space Marine combat in the mm. narrative. Because before that, before the Badab War, there was no reason for it to happen. Mm. Uh, Bricky actually did a really good series on the Badab War if you, recently, if you guys want to check that out. But the during that, there's a Space Marine chapter called the Carcharodons. Mm-hmm. They are space sharks mm-hmm. and they are scary. And they have a guy, their chapter master named Tiberus, mm-hmm. who is so big, he has to wear armor that is a custom combination of Terminator armor and Dreadnought bits. Whoa. He ha- his weapons are, he has no guns. His weapons are called Hunger and Slake. And they are combination lightning claws and chain fists. He has lightning claws over the top and chain and like two chain like blades mm-hmm. in the palm of the hand. And there is a scene in one of the books where the lamenters or mantis warriors or somebody are walking through a, a dark cathedral or, or a ministorum building. And they're sweeping back and forth and their scanners are registering like, oh, there's the statue and there's these columns and whatnot. Oh, the coast looks clear. And then one of them looks again and the thing they thought was a statue moved. Mm. And it was Tiberus who proceeded to absolutely just wreck them. <laughs> and and I, I love just the idea of there's a space marine who's like Primark sized. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because that's how big he is. Like, he dwarfs, like, half of the Primarchs. Only, like, Vulcan and, like, Horus, maybe Perturabo were bigger. Mm. Mm. But, uh... Is he still around? No. Oh, no, he is. I don't think there's any... He hasn't died. Oh, wow. And Space Marines live insanely long. <laughs> yeah. So, 
He's probably still alive, still chilling out there. <laughs> he had a model, actually. Oh. A Forge World resin model. So very much not in proportion to how he should be compared to Space Marines. I'm sure there's some really cool like 3D models or third-party sculpts that people have done. He's a very popular mm. little niche character. Um, what do you know, Kaylee, mm. about... Uh, what do you know about a guy named Lucius the Eternal? From Emperor's Children? Yes. Uh, I know that... Is it that if he kills, that person can become Lucius? If he, if they kill oh, him. Sorry, if, sorry, yes. If they kill him, if, yes. But only if Enjoy. they take any pride yes. in the act of killing yes. him. Yes. Yes, that is one of my, I, like, we were talking about this during dinner, like, if there has to be an Emperor's Children release this edition, it is, it was, it's been back to back to back to back, there all of be. the, there better be, <laughs> and, and we, we know Noise Marines are going to be part of it, we know there's going to be a character, and I really want it to be Lucius, the new, the old Lucius the Eternal model is not great, it's not very good. Uh, um, <laughs> Laura, you just like it, it because but, of his base size. <laughs> I, I love everything about him. He's such a little. But, he's such a little lad. But here's here's the kicker. I realize, Laura, there's something else we've been missing. Do you remember the Doom Rider? No. Do you know of the Doom Rider? It's like it's like tickling a thing in my brain, but it's not coming. So there was a metal model. This Doom Rider character was part of a lawsuit. Like it wasn't an official GW release. It was during the time when GW sued, but it was uh, supposedly a figure for a, um, I believe it. Yeah, it was a Slanesh demon prince that uh, was formerly of the Emperor's Children who rode around on a demonic motorcycle, hair flying in the back and and like a big sword. And I was like, I want to see of all the random stuff that could come back and become official, make the Doom Rider. Mm -hmm. Give us a demon prince on bike. Mm. Yes. That got me really excited. So, but anyway, lore wise, um... I am a huge Fabius Bile fan. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could talk ad nauseum about him, like the fact that he, which by the way, again, the Fabius Bile trilogy are just out and out amazing books. And the newest book, which isn't, you know, part of that, but still tangentially connected, the Gene Father, also very good. But in those books, we found out Fabius Bile made deals with the uh, the leadership of Kamara, the Dark Eldar, for tra- for trading information. They wanted him because, in some ways, he was actually better at flesh crafting than the mm. than the Dark Eldar were. He's that good. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, and again, spoilers, but his um, he there's a essentially a fleshy creature on the underside of Kamara that holds itself together. The entire city is held up by this like essentially living creature and Bile built it. He grew that thing. He also has his own 
subspecies of humanity mm-hmm. that he created because he real everyone thinks that he's trying to make Pramar space marines and he's like no mm-hmm. I made better yeah <laughs> I made the things that kill space marines well, he seems like such and, a solo space marine like he doesn't even feel like a space marine and that's why I love yeah. him because he's his books are he is a technically a space marine he's a heresy era emperor's children marine mm-hmm. but he his books don't read as a space mm. marine, traditionally space marine book. Well, even in the heresy, um, he's very much like on doing his own thing. Like Fulgrim just kind of lets him like, he's like, <laughs> okay, Fabius does as Fabius wishes. And like, as long as he gets something out of it, Fulgrim didn't care. Mm-hmm. Like in- he met Fulgrim in, uh, in the trilogy. He, uh, he meets demon Fulgrim. Oh. Yeah, he does. And it's an interesting encounter. Is this his first time seeing um, him as a demon? I believe armor? so. Yeah, because he's been up until like recent codexes, they were where they've said like he's returned to real space. He's been chilling in like Slanesh's realm in the warp this whole time mm-hmm. since he apotheosis did. And um, oh, and Fabius Bile has a daughter mm-hmm. who is the. Um, her, her thing is she dances for Slanesh for all eternity or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. she, like biological daughter? In, in a way, he used his DNA to make a, like, not a clone, but like an offspring of himself okay. that, wa- that was a daughter. Mm-hmm. So in, it, biologically speaking, yes, it is his child, but he didn't like... Impregnate a... Yeah, he didn't impregnate anybody. He just he test tube babied it and probably <laughs> stuck it in a hole in the wall. <laughs> you know, as one does. As one does. But uh Oh, and his uh the thing on his back, mm-hmm. his Chiar surgeon, is sentient. That mm. th- like it leaves his back when they're on the ship and it goes off and does things. Like what? it's on its own. And Bile is not aware. Like, yes. It, 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 it think of it, think of it like a mechanical spider with like fleshy insides Mm -hmm. and he saw footage or they were traveling through because he needed to get from one part of his ship to another and some of the space marines that he had put on board that were supposed to work with him were starting to turn against him he's like i'm gonna deal with y'all later but i'm just gonna like circumvent you and go through like the the ventilation tunnels or whatever to get to the the bridge and while he was up there he saw what looked like a nest of eggs and some of them were bursting open and they looked like weird malformed versions of the Chiara surgeon. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, it's breeding. I didn't know it could do that. Oh. Ah. Huh. I'm going to have to research that anyway. And he just keeps walking, knowing that his backpack had babies. <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> uh, he also made a perfect clone of Fulgrim. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. yeah. I feel like oh, yeah, I can have I, his own like podcast episode of just like everything well, is done. And the best part is he is, despite how intelligent he is, his hubris <laughs> is unbelievable. <laughs> like I am the one yeah. who will save humanity. I am mm-hmm. the one who knows what's best. Does he think he should be emperor? No, he th- he thinks that he thinks that space marines and the current way that humanity exists needs to die. That's why he's actively trying to destroy the Imperium because it's wrong. It, mm. It's it didn't work. And trying to he initially he wanted to fix. He wanted to return even to the Imperium. Mm-hmm. 
and they touch on that in gene father like he even says to call like i thought about coming back i thought about offering you all that i had learned but i knew you'd never take me back mm-hmm. so why bother i'll just destroy it all wow and he wow. has his new men his new humanity that he has bred that is better than regular humanity they're hardier they're tougher they're better killers they're smarter better looking like everything they're just better mm-hmm. better 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 and he has seeded them the great thing is he's also like fabius bile is almost like the gene stealer cults mm-hmm. in that he has seeded his little secret society of people throughout the Imperium, and they naturally, due to their, you know, their intelligence, their strength, their guile, all that stuff, they just naturally rise through the ranks of society and always occupy the most strategic and important places in society and military uh, structures and government structures and political social hierarchies. They're always at the top and they're always like sending signals and whatnot back to Papa. He's the master of puppets. Yeah, he's just... <laughs> The Alpha Legion. Well, he is the, the Spider. Alpha Legion. He, he, hate, he hates being called this, but they call him the Spider for a reason. Oh, he hates it. He hates is it. Because it he has he like his, his tentacles and he has like a web that he knows everything. It's it's a knowledge thing, but I think it's primarily because of his backpack that he looks mm. like it's his four limbs plus the four limbs of the Chiara surgeon makes him look like a mm. like a spider. But he also, again, has fingers in all the pies and mm-hmm. knows what's going on. But yeah, in many ways, he does out Alpha Legion, the Alpha Legion. <laughs> Take that, Alpharius. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, any other thoughts before we start wrapping up? Anything else you want to share? Anything else you want to tell the folks at home? Uh, nope. <laughs> no, I... I <laughs> Keep playing Warhammer. Play it your way. Don't let GW tell you what to do. And guess what? There's other games out there, too. Mm-hmm. Play those. Yep. Try them out. I recently learned about and have been uh, enjoying learning more about a game called Beyond the Gates of Antares. And I think people should look at that game, too. Never heard. I'll look into it. Yeah. It's time for a new war game to rise. <laughs> are you Are you the spider? <laughs> You know what? Why not? (laughs) You've created 2,500 minis. You've got your tendrils. And you've seeded them throughout the world. (laughs) Yes. Strategically important. Yeah, and all my miniatures are going to rise up even in the cupboard style. Dr. Rhino was just a mistake. And and all my minis are just seeded amongst the collections of everyone else's Games Workshop minis, and then they just explode and blow up everyone else's minis. Games Workshop's model account worldwide plummets. (laughs) Mwahaha. No, but uh, but yeah, thank you for having me on. And, um, you know, people just play me. Stop by the stream if you want. Mm-hmm. Do- Dr. Rhino underscore on Twitch. I Come by if you want. Don't if you don't. But we're having a good time, whether you're there or not. Yeah, go say hi. And you can hi. also check out your games on Play On. Yep. There's, yes. there's many ways one, to find one you. One should be coming out this week. The one where you find out if I get a, uh, if myself or James have to get a tattoo. Oh. For our our game, the body's on the line. <laughs> yes, skin for skin. Very. That, that, you, are you sure you're not Fabius Boyle? That sounds pretty. Um. <laughs> Come to think of it, that would be a really fun cosplay. Anyway. <laughs> 
Well, thank you so much for, for joining you. us. Uh, this was absolutely incredible. And uh, truly, uh, one of the joys of, of Chaos Divided has been getting to connect with other folks in the community and sharing and getting to see behind. Uh, especially when people create content, we don't necessarily get to see behind the, the content to the creator. And, and that's probably my favorite part of doing this. So truly, thank you. And thank you for those listening. Mm-hmm. We appreciate you joining us. Don't forget to subscribe to Chaos Divided, both where you're listening from and on Instagram and YouTube at Chaos Divided 40K. And you can find us on social media at Nurgle underscore Snurgle and at Blushing Noise Marine. And absolutely check out Dr. Rhino mm-hmm. on Twitch and everywhere else you can find him. Um, and we hope you check out our Patreon. If you're a fan of what we do and want to support us, you can find the link in the episode description. And until next time, Bye-bye. Ciao for now. Bye-bye and bye bonds. (laughs) 